Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So, today I am joined by the creme de la creme of YouTube creators, best known for raiding universities, uh, interrogating students, drunk students, may I add, and uh, basically being the biggest stalker on YouTube. Is that fair enough to say? <laughs> yeah, when you put it like that, it is technically that is correct information, although it doesn't make me look like the best. <laughs> so, how are you doing? It's been so I'm long done. since I've seen you. Yeah, Tati's been a while. We, we met like a year and a half ago. Um, but no, I've, I've been well, just been trying as best as I can to keep things going um, in this, this time. When, and it's quite tricky because when your whole USP and your whole like, niche on social media is interviewing people at large social gatherings, the banning of large social gatherings is, is, does throw a spanner in the works. But I'm, 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 I'm all right, just about. Good, I'm glad you're good. Because last time we had a chat, you were on 140K subs on YouTube. Now you're on 325K. So before you were doing like loads of street interviews and stuff, and now you're doing, you know, buying roundabouts and <laughs> a bit more out there content. Has your content changed because of COVID and lockdown? Because obviously you can't go out and interview people. One million percent. It, it's, it's COVID. COVID was the best and the worst thing that happened to me. So in March 2020, April 2020, I, I will admit I was freaking out. I didn't know what I was doing. I tried to put, put all of the, the interview-based stuff over Zoom and it just didn't work. Like it, the, the, the kind of rapport wasn't as good. It didn't kind of come across well on video. And so uh, there was a time where I thought, what am I gonna do? Like I, I, I can't make my normal stuff. So do I, do I just stop making videos? And we've seen a lot of creators just stop like David Dobrik and Zach and Jay because they've realized that they, they know what their audience is likes and they've got their niche and if they can't make things right now then they won't and they don't want to force a new type of content but i was a much less established channel at the time and so i thought i really needed to i needed to change up the the content and actually i just got lucky in the sense that i had something in my flat um that i knew there was a story in it but i didn't really understand how big the story would get and that was trying to find the stock photo for a woman in a photo frame i had in my flat that is mad because I remember when I came to your flat, however long ago it was, you were literally saying, I, there's this woman <laughs> in this photo frame and I want to find her. And yeah. it was it's really been, mad it's seeing that whole journey. Yeah, it's been something that it, it was it's never really intended to be a video idea. Like I got given the, the photo frame two years before when I first moved into my flat and um, me and my housemate would never, could never be bothered to change it out. So we just kept it in the frame. And every single person who'd come and like, and every single person who would come to the flats, they would all be like, oh, is that your mum? Or is that your sister? Is that a relative? And we'd always have to say, no, I actually have no idea. So it was always a, just a jokey thing that I would say with my flatmate, but then I've realized, oh, I've got, I've got nothing to film, so I might as well film this journey. And if I'm honest, I thought it would take 
a couple of hours, I'd do a reverse image search. She'd be quite a well-known model. I'd find her, do an interview. That's the video done. But what ended up, it ended up into a kind of a two-month extravaganza. And she wasn't too happy at the end, was she? She wasn't too happy, no. Um, Sarah, I called, I called this doc photo woman Sarah. That's not her real name. Her real name is something else. But um, it was a photo that had been taken 20 years previously when she was a model in South Africa. And it was a test shoot. And so that means that means that she probably wouldn't have got all the royalties for the, the picture because the picture is super famous. Like I get sent pictures of the picture in Spain, in Germany, all around the world of like her on mattresses, her on the size of billboards, her promoting like different brands. And so she definitely hasn't probably hasn't got the, the royalties. But no, she didn't want anything to do with it. I can totally understand like from the face of it, I looked like some weird guy who was like on this journey to find her when in fact I was really doing it because it was something to entertain me. And I think it was, the, it was a bit of fun that everyone could get involved with really. Um, but no, the reason, the reason for, for doing it was purely silliness. So it's kind of like, COVID's kind of been like a little bit of a blessing in disguise, you could say, because it forced you into the kind of videos that you usually wouldn't like think of or think that would be possible. So That's have you it. found it, a bit easier to come up with content ideas like just being sat at home or or no no i mean what happens is, is that the style of content i've gone into which is more kind of story based and there's there's normally a big end and it's it's kind of like guy does silly things with which which end up being quite like which are quite difficult. So I've bought a roundabout. I printed my CV on, on Radio 1 and on my car, sorry, parts outside Radio 1. And although those videos have done really well, I'm super grateful for that. There then becomes this pressure to top it every time. So it's, it's a format that, that requires bigger and bigger and bigger each time, which is really like difficult because you then get into a mindset of having to go bigger and better each time. And, and we've seen that's that's one quickfire way to lead to burnout. Like we see YouTubers happening all the time, like when they have these like big pranks or big stunts where they have to constantly set their hair on fire metaphorically to get a bigger reaction. Um, and so there is a part of me that gets worried about that and thinks, shit, I mean, I need to, I need to kind of make sure that I don't go over the top. And I've got a great kind of support group of people who aren't necessarily like fans of my channel, but are friends who will say, no, that's a bit far. Like I had a video idea of trying to get, intentionally trying to get a cease and desist letter from companies. And my agent said, don't do that. Please don't do that. It's just not worth it. And so that, that kind of like pulling back is, is what I need because otherwise you can just keep on going and because it, you need bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more views, um, it can be quite detrimental. Yeah, so with your stand-up, you started mm. stand-up, obviously audiences aren't really a thing anymore. I kinda, it's mm. kind of illegal to be around people, I guess, which is kind of defying the whole point. Um, how have you been like getting around that how have you because it basically went from like it, you started and then i feel like as soon as you got the ball rolling covid just like happened so what yeah. are you doing with your stand-up are you like writing stuff are you planning for the future so i did i started my stand-up in december 2019 so i had i did a few shows in december 2019 and then maybe like another five from january until march in 2020 and then obviously covid hit and by the time it got to march i had about a 45 minute show um, that I was performing and I was quite happy with. And 
I have to say that I haven't really done much with the stand-up stuff over lockdown at all. I've done a bit more writing, but what I've realised when it comes to stand-up is that you can write something, you can think it's the best thing that you've ever written, you get on stage and it'll absolutely bomb. And then inversely, you could write something that you don't think is very good, but actually works really well on stage. So I have written stuff and I've written a show that is an hour and 10 minutes long, an hour and five, but I have absolutely no idea whether it's any good. Um, and so what I'm going to be doing is when we're allowed to, I'm, I'm going to slowly do shows to 20, 30 people, to small, much smaller audiences to make sure that that, that that show is really tight and really honed and then start kind of testing the buying power of my audience. Like being on YouTube, I've never sold merch, I've never sold anything like that. So I actually have no idea how many people will turn up to a show. Like it's quite exciting from that point of view. And when I was last doing shows was in... January 2020 and as you say I had 120,000 subscribers there I've now got 320,000 so I have no idea whether that's going to mean three times the amount of people are going to turn up to shows or want to see shows um so it is something that I've been working on and it's and it's also just a bit of a future proofing for me because I know that YouTube isn't forever so it's kind of like trying to learn different skills along the way just to make myself as safe as possible in the future yeah definitely and speaking of merch let me just grab yeah. these these puppies um, <laughs> for the people who are listening right now and can't see what I'm holding up to the camera, these are two books, rather <laughs> rather flimsy, not saying the quality is bad, with uh, Max Fosch's uh, tea towel on. Yep. Can you explain what these are, please? Yes, I've just, just as, 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 the mo as we're recording this, I've just released a video yesterday um, in which I took my friend's text messages, my friend's WhatsApps, and made them into a book, a poetry book, and sold it on Amazon and got it to, um, to be an Amazon number one bestseller um, in the poetry section uh, with the help of my family and friends. So Tati and Noel, thank you very much for buying too. Hard back. Um, <laughs> and it, it, was purely, it was purely a video that, that I was, it was a video that I'd seen someone do, but with a blank book. And I thought, oh, how can I turn this into my own kind of style? Um, and it was a video to try and just showcase that it is really silly like the ability to get a number one literally anybody can and amazon make it so easy for you to do that um so it was a bit of a social point but also just a bit of fun so yes i you can buy clockworm by charlie which is an anthology of poems um, and it's absolutely rubbish what's your favorite you, what is it you like the covid the covid poem i love covid covid's great i also like boyfriend um, which I think is something like boyfriend is, I seem to have got myself a new boyfriend. I'm very, very up for this, um, which I really enjoyed. And that people think that it was, uh, I, the, the way I made the book was just by taking line by line. So, but people thought that she'd actually written that, like all of the poems word for word, but it's actually just me editing them to, to make, to make a little bit of sense. The poor girl, when you surprised her, she was probably thinking, what the actual hell is my life coming to right now? It's kind of it's kind of the the contract that you sign up for when you become friends with me that there will be a point in which I will use you for content in some description. Do you give me permission to read out COVID? Of course, of course, please. I thought I had COVID on Monday night, but it turns out I was just hot. There you go. I think I think we can all we can all relate to that. It's really inspirational. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I this you know it's only how many pages is this thing i mean there's no page numbers for a first but it's the minimum it can be it's 24 24 there's <laughs> not that there's not too many but i just haven't got through them all yet so maybe that's what i'll do tonight <laughs> when i 
finished everything else that's important. <laughs> don't, you'll realise that the second half of the book I very much gave up and they don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I can, you can start to see the, at the end it starts going a bit downhill. It's brilliant, yeah, yeah, nonetheless. Um, so speaking about like kind of crazy video ideas you've done, you were talking about how you parked your car outside of BBC Radio 1 and mm. you printed your CV onto the roof, which is... <laughs> I'd, I've never heard anyone do anything. I, I mean, you hear of people doing like, you know, going to the offices, bringing the heads coffees and stuff like that. It's just mm. a bit of a step further, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. A for effort. I feel like some people might assume uh, you having quite a large social presence that being able to get a job at a company like Radio One would be a lot easier. You'd almost be able to fast track. Do you, mm. do you think that's the case or? Or no. I tried to make it so that in that particular video that I was doing that I was doing it a way that anybody could do it. I wanted I didn't want it to be, as you said, I didn't want it to be, oh, YouTuber uses his online following to get himself a job, screw everyone else. So I didn't want it to be that. I wanted it to be as much as possible to do it so that anybody could reenact this. Now I have been told to unofficially uh, explain to people please do not park your car out of Radio 1. Um, but essentially the way I got the idea was just copying, someone did it in about 2008, 2009, where this guy had lost his job in the, the financial crash and he spent his last kind of hundred quid on a billboard, a really small billboard in his, in his town that just said hiresam.com, um, which took them to a CV and, and he got a job. And so when it comes to these ideas, like, a lot of them are just recycled ideas and on social media that happens a lot. You've just got to use, take an idea that's already been done and then try and adapt it or change it a little bit to, to add your voice. So that's what I was trying to do with, with Radio 1. Um, but with the actual process of it, so I, I found someone who could put some stickers on my car um, for, I don't know, like 70 quid. And um, I just parked it and then I used Twitter to try and tell people about it because I, I didn't have, I was the, my least used platform I only had a few thousand followers on there, which I mean, look, is 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 a lot. Um, but the the tweet went viral, I think, of its own accord, not because of the, the amount of Twitter followers I had. Like, it got like thirty thousand likes, so it got like fifteen times the amount of Twitter followers that I had. So um, I can understand that people saying, "Oh, he, he's only doing this because uh, he's got a following online," and that's to an extent true. But I would hope to think that anybody else could do a version of what I did with Radio 1 and it would still work, regardless of your social media following. But like, how would you actually like pluck up the courage? Like even watching, okay, so I've, I've watched the whole video of you sat outside on the, on the floor. <laughs> you literally mm. sat on the floor. How do you like, and your car is there, and I know you like, what is the word? Meticulously planned it, kind of like yeah. for the right parking times and when you're actually allowed to be there. But how do you like pluck up the courage to do it and just go through with it? I think at the end of the day, I, I th I'm thinking of the video, if I'm, if I'm honest, I'm thinking that it will look it, like, even, uh, this is what I'm thinking, I think even if I fail, this is still a video, so it, it doesn't really matter, no, but like, to be honest, it is nerve-wracking, it is scary, and a lot of the time, like, I've condensed it into eight minutes, but I was sat there from 8.30 in the morning until 4pm, like, just with my car, all day, so... It was boring and there was a lot of time I was thinking, this is not going to work, this is not working, this is not working. And I was calling various people, various people I talked to about videos and I was like, what do you think I should do if no one turns up, if no one comes? And then when I saw, and I was lucky that I did stick around because I saw Nick Grimshaw and I'd been waiting there all day and I thought, this is my one shot, this is my only chance to get 
an ending of sorts to the video and I just went for it and I think it is because I have done some mad stuff in the past and I and I always think what's the worst that's going to happen if I get asked to move I will totally do that I don't want to break I don't want to I don't want to be a nuisance I don't want to be a pain I don't want to be one of those pesky youtubers but at the moment no one's telling me to stop a few people have said oh that's quite funny so I'm just going to stick around and see how far I can push it and I knew that I wasn't really doing anything wrong other than being a bit silly so I kind of thought well what's the worst that's going to happen someone's going to tell me to move so that's what I always think about when I'm doing something that's relatively ballsy is like what's the actual worst thing that could happen right now exactly I mean you're not like breaking windows are you no I'm not really breaking any laws no. So have you heard anything back from them? Like what's, what's the latest with the Radio 1 thing? Yeah, so I managed to get a call with the head of Radio 1, Alan Hayden-Jones, who was very complimentary. He said, look, really rate what you, what you did, um, really appreciate it. He said at the moment, obviously with the pandemic, that they've, they've got no jobs. And I said, I totally understand that. He said, but you're in my mind. If I do... Um, if I do think of something for you to, to get involved with, I will definitely get in touch. But he said, he did say, um, make sure that you keep like the pressure up over the year. And I thought, well, well how, <laughs> what more could I do? I'm, I'm running out of cars here, Alad. Um, I can't really do, I can't really do the same stunt again because then definitely people will ask me to move. So I don't really know where it's going, what's going to happen. It's very much in their hands now. I've done what I can do. I've got the video out of it. So now it's just kind of a, um, cross my fingers and wait and see. You need to get yourself an auto trader, just like filter it, least expensive to most, and then bag yourself a couple new ones, maybe some different colours. Yeah. <laughs> maybe spruce up your CV a bit, maybe a different background. So also TV work, is that something that interests you? I think we've spoken about this before, but I could imagine you doing well on telly. That's very kind. Uh, TV work, yeah, it's definitely something that I would love to do. I have seen friends of mine who have done TV work and like to my YouTube mate Zach and Jay, they had their own show on E4, which like was, was, in, was incredible. I saw one of the tapings of that show and it was, pro it, was prop it was a proper show. It was big studio, big budget, Jimmy Carr and these big names and they were kind of two of the, the stars of the show and speaking to them and their experience, I don't want to speak for them, but um, it seems that when YouTubers go over to TV, it's it's a completely different world. Like YouTube, you you are you are absolutely used to producing your own stuff, editing your own stuff, being your drone director, being your own writer, doing it all yourself. Oh, my washing machine stopped. One sec. Um, so you're used to being your own boss and going into a TV atmosphere and TV world where you have to read an auto cue, you have to be like good at taking direction that it's a completely different world and i would love to do tv purely from a a diversification point of view um but i and but i don't know i don't know how how well i would suit it it would be suited for me long term as well so i'd love to do it but it's definitely not the one thing that i'm um, gunning for yeah well, so what's your opinion on kind of i feel like in the past year or couple years that influencers, well influencers, so-called influencers and content creators I guess is a better word, um, being kind of shipped into entertainment, kind of like TV, radio, I think at a certain point you could argue it just doesn't work as you said because they're so used to creating their own content, producing themselves and they don't use autocue and stuff like that. Do you yeah. think it's like a positive thing that influencers are like being able to, cause I mean, they've already got a platform, haven't they? They've already got fans and that's kind of like a, so say Saffron Barker on Strictly, she brought yeah. so many fans over to Strictly. That's so good for them, it's good for her. But what do you think about kind of influencers 
hosting their own shows just because they've got that following? I think it will happen, but we're seeing like, it's really interesting because there are some content creators that will work really well on TV. And I'm, I mean, not to toot his own horn, but Niall is a perfect example of that because the, the, this is what you need to think, that the, the, the TV people want more people to watch TV. They are, to excuse my French, shitting themselves because they're losing a huge demographic. The, the under 22s are just not watching television or watching scheduled television. So they're thinking, okay, we need to get more influencers in here. They'll have a, they'll have a, um, they will have an audience and so they'll bring that audience with them. Now, what they're finding is that these influencers can't do it. As you said, they, they don't have the skills, they don't have the, the, the things that are needed to work in TV, which I think is a positive because it means that the content creators that do have audiences, but also who can perform on television are then incredibly valuable. So I think we will see it happen more often, but it will be, it'll be a much smaller proportion of content creators because not everybody can stand on live television and have someone in your ear and have an auto cue to read and take direction. That's a, that's a skill. Just because you've built an audience on a different platform doesn't mean you're gonna be good on TV. Um, so I, and, and my, my experience in radio, I think has, has definitely helped that. Like I've got the skills of, of being live on air. Um, and so two to three years, I am hoping to, to move into to that genre. Whether my audience is gonna come with me, I have no idea. I only think that works if you are a really big creator, like, and I'm talking like five mil subs plus, um, because otherwise it's negligible. I've got 320,000 subscribers. How many of those subscribers would come over to watch me on television? Maybe 5,000, 10,000, which just isn't, Big enough for the I'm sure yet. more, hundred percent. I I honestly don't. I don't think so because I, what we're seeing is that creators they've got their niche, they've got their they've got their type of content, and that's what their audience knows them for. So I was the bloke that made posh interviews with street interviews with posh people. That was my thing. That's what Max does. And so as soon as you try and do something else, your audience is like, whoa, 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 what are you doing, pal? Stop, no. You're the posh interview guy. You're, you're, not, you're not the guy that looks for people. No, 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 keep doing those posh interviews, please. And that's why so many creators get burnout because they spend two years making something. Then they get known for that thing. They then wanna stop making that thing because they're bored of it. Their audience says, no, you have to keep making it, otherwise we won't watch it. And then they just get unhappy with what they're creating. So that was a long-winded way. That was a long-winded answer to your question, but I think that there will be more people who go into TV from content creation, but they need to have the, the skills to be able to make it work. Otherwise, there'll be a one-season one. Yeah, like the double whammy, I guess you could call it. I <laughs> don't know if that's a good mm. way of putting it. Uh, out of interest, did you ever get any channels or companies, I guess, approach you for Street Smart wanting to, like, kind of take your idea and bring you with it? No. I'm really surprised Absolutely. by that. Because it's such like a no niche one, thing. No one gave a shit, um, <laughs> to put it bluntly. And I, I signed to an agent and, and she said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I think, I think that Street Smart could be a good segment for uh, this morning. Or like, obviously you, you adapt it to whatever the show is, but I think it'd be a good segment. Like we're seeing it with The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, that guy, Jordan Klepko or Klepner, who goes to the Trump rallies. And they do huge numbers on Facebook. And they do, I'm sure they do great for the ratings of that show. And I said, that's exactly what I'm doing. I just need to be put in front of producers. And we, we, we tried to pitch it a few times and no one was interested. And, and like, I thought, you know what, that's, that's okay. Because 
this is where this is what I've understood when it comes to social media and television. I found out that a show like Shipwrecked on E4, right, gets this might be this might be old data, but I re- I found out that it gets about three hundred thousand views per episode, and that's prime time on E4. Now, Shipwrecked is a show that is once a year, basically. They have to send, I don't know. 20 cast a whole crew to a desert island rig the whole place insurance there's a huge cost associated with that and if they're doing one season a year with 300,000 views per episode and that's let's say a a 20 30 episode series that's between six and nine million views right that's that's so you're getting six to nine million views over a year for one tv show and compare that with a youtuber who i so for example i last year got 15 million views and so as a as a as an advertising company, you're like, wow, we're spending all of this money on advertise on adverts for a show that costs so much money, but gets a return of six million views, whereas a, a, a YouTuber is getting fifteen. That doesn't make sense. So I think there is slowly going to be that transference of of money and of attention towards social media creators, definitely. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense. Like, those figures are ridiculous. Like, it, 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 it doesn't add up, like, spending all of that money shipping all those people out versus somebody from their house, I guess. Yeah. And then, then, then you've, got, you've got a conversation about the quality of views, like TikTok, for example, like, you can get huge amounts of views, but your, your community um, creation is going to take a lot longer because... It's all about whether someone in, in, like engages with the person who's making the content. Um, so I don't think you can equate, let's say, 15 million um, TV views to 15 million TikTok views because they're different. But they, it shows that the, the attention is being shifted elsewhere. Yeah. So at the end of every episode, I'm going to ask my special guest, which is you in this case, what advice you would give uh, people wanting to start content creating, wanting to start coming up with ideas for videos and just get into the whole creative industry, I guess. I said... Uh... The answer to this question is the unpopular answer to this question because I, th- I feel that people look at social media and because it's such an instant platform, like you can get any video of anything you like immediately. So people assume that, that creation, that creation and that success on, on social media is also is just as instant, but it's, it's really, really not. Um, and you get creativity and you get better by doing. Like you can sit in the classroom for as long as you like, but until you start creating or doing what you've been taught about for so long is that that's when you get better at what you do and um i think people are are really concerned with starting with a bang they're they're concerned with starting with an absolute viral banger so they, they sit for a long long time thinking of the best video idea they can possibly think of but it doesn't really happen like that you 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 grow that your ideas get better as you do more and more and more stuff like i've i found a mental stat out the other day um which which find which which tells you on average how many views it takes for someone to reach a certain threshold of subscribers on on youtube now this has been taken by kind of all creators over that's i think ten thousand. i'll i'll put it up to the screen so you can see um but for one to ten thousand subscribers 150 videos 10 to 100,000 418 videos 100,000 to a million 1,171 videos and a million videos 3,800 videos plus so it, that shows that if you want to get started, then you've got to just do, just just create all the time, but also do it because you love making content. You're not going to be able to have the patience to wait that, ma- that many videos if you don't love what you're doing. So 
I think you've got to be going into it for the right reasons. And that right reasons is just whether you love making what you do, because otherwise you won't get the success that you either want or yeah, you won't get the success that you want. Um, so yeah, I would say just make as much as you can and just persevere. Yeah, I guess making it for the right reasons is so important because I feel like audiences can see very clearly if you're doing it for the right intention or if you're literally mm. just doing it because you want a quick five seconds of fame. And you won't, and you won't be making video, like, although that you spend, so you might like spend a lot of time editing something, you might think it's the best thing that you've ever made and you might be made five videos before, but it, it won't be unfortunately, and it takes time to get better. So you need to learn how to get those skills. Um, and I've been, I've got to be making videos since I was 13 or 14 and only now when I'm 25, is it starting to pay off in, in, in a small way? Well, that's very good advice. To anyone that's listening or watching, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of it's a bit of a scary thing to say, I know, but <laughs> follow Mr. Fosh in your journey, and you will succeed. <laughs> uh, thank you no, so not much. Not at all. I'm probably a bad example of that, but no, you're um, a very good example. You're a very good example, and this is also a great example. The book is back out. <laughs> buy it. It's still available to buy, isn't it? It is available to buy, but like I, I, I've made it so it's the cheapest possible, so I don't make any money on it at all. As Amazon just takes the money just to, to for the cost of printing the book. So, um, if you want the book and it's a bit funny and it's a bit silly, please do. But I'm not, I'm not kind of pushing for people to buy. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been very interesting and it's been lovely to chat, catch up. It's been a while, no problem but hopefully, all. be seeing you soon in flesh. Thank you very much, Tati. All the best. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.